We're so glad to have Phil and Kath Henry coming and hanging out with YVV for a couple of months. Just brilliant having them around and they've been getting along to little meetings and uh, playing parts and uh, talking to people like me who just wanted to download a bit on them <laughs> because I respect their, their time in leadership and in ministry. Um, so thank you, Kath and Phil, once again. And let me pray. <laughs> Stand those hands. I'm not looking. No, it's okay. Oh, Father, we've sung it this morning. You're a good, good Father. You extend a welcome to all of us, and you're so ready and willing to say, and you too are my child. Yes, you. <laughs> you who might be a bit concerned. Am I really? He says, yes. And we say, thank you that this is the Father you are, that you're welcoming us into the family of God because of Jesus and all that he has done to make that possible. We thank you and bless you and we speak blessing on Kath right now for the things that, Lord, you've put on her heart to say. We say, bring it, Lord, in the power of your spirit. For any things that she had no idea she was going to say because, Holy Spirit, you've just spoken to in the moment, we say, bring it, Lord, that your word would come and find its place in our hearts, transform our minds where they need changing, that we become that bit more like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Do I just give you this one? I don't know what, the, what I'm doing. And, and you probably need that a little higher. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you. I was trying to figure out. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, children. Children. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're way ahead of me. Uh, children, um, with, take a parent with you. That's good. And, and be signed in down here. It's all, it's all happening. And you're well on your way. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Rob. Rob. We are loving being here. Thank you so much for having us with you. And um, Di is up at the gathering for the prayer retreat. So I thought we might just pray for her really quickly first. Is that all right? So, Lord, we thank you for Di. We thank you for her leadership. We thank you for who she is. She's been such a blessing to Phil and I and to this church community and to the whole of the Vineyard Church Australia. So, Lord, we ask now as they wrap up that you would bless that time of communion and prayer together this morning and that you would um, give safe travel for everyone who's heading back around Australia to minister again in their churches. So, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I wanted to say thank you to Harry and Liz. You might not know, these are our friends from Sydney who were very, in the beginning of our church plant at Northridge Vineyard. So Phil and I church planted 25 years ago. And we met Harry and Liz because they lived across the road from us. And so they're one of the first people who came and joined us in our church plant. And they've moved down here to be close to their daughter who's had a little baby, it's so exciting. And her um, hubby, and so it's just wonderful. This feels very at home, doesn't it? Like, this is what they did at home. And so now they're in, in the extension of home. <laughs> and we're doing the same thing, so that's kind of fun. Uh, it's really interesting, isn't it, when you're on a... I was speaking to someone who's about to go on a little journey this week, just for two nights away. 
but all of us have gone on trips, even if it's just close by, we've all done it. And it's interesting what we think about taking with us, what we leave behind, um, how we go on that journey. I don't know about you, but there have been times when I've had music that I really want to listen to on the journey, a bit of a soundtrack for the journey. Or you might even think back over your life as a bit of a journey and think, wow, even there are songs that I think of that when I hear them again, immediately I'm back there, remembering that place and that time. One of the songs we sang this morning about following God was the song I remember singing when we were studying to become vineyard pastors in Canada. And um, gosh, it took me back to that moment of singing, I'm willing to go with you, Lord, over the mountains and the valleys. And I was back there. And it's really powerful, isn't it? These songs that we take with us. So this morning I thought, because we really felt like the Lord said, there's a soundtrack for you to carry together for each other as you move through this time of Lent up to the point where we recognize again what God did for us, what Jesus did for us in his death and resurrection. So we are looking at the Psalms of Ascent this morning, a big broad overview and you might take them with you as your soundtrack for the journey. Um, there are words in this song, these songs that they sang to each other on the road that I hope will be meaningful for you as an arc of your journey, it's the soundtrack for you. It might be for your life journey. Some of these psalms in here have become life psalms for me. If ever, anyone ever sang some praise songs, some of these were written into songs and I still have them with me from my early Christian experience when I was a teenager. So we will start here with this idea that the psalm of, psalms are, are for us a compass that show us the way, the way to walk together. Um, you might know that they start at Psalm 120 and then there's 15 psalms. And in most Bibles it'll say, in little very tiny print underneath, a psalm of ascent. Which means this was a song for the journey, ascending, walking up to Jerusalem for Passover. And so now that we have Jesus, we know that there's songs for our journey as well that fulfill, are fulfilled in Jesus. So I think they still have such a preciousness for us. And they um, follow some themes, which I'll show you in another slide in a moment. And we'll just land on one psalm at the end that I'll re read to you. So we'll do it in little groups. I'm going to read Psalm 120 because I think this is a place we could start and we could do something right now as our first step in our journey towards Jesus. I mean, we know Jesus and love him, but this is another step towards him. So we'll do that, then I'll give you an arc of all the Psalms, and then we'll read one Psalm together at the end and land there if that seems okay to you. So we're on the ride for about 20 minutes. Does that sound good? <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to say about these Psalms of Ascent is there's two, two thoughts. The, there is a thought that people probably sang them to each other, they memorised them, and as they left their homes and they were on the book journey up to Jerusalem, they sang these 15 Psalms to each other as a reminder of who they were, and it was handed on to the children, children's children. 
It's also thought that the, the priest sang them as they took the 15 steps, and you might know that there are 15, 15 steps up to the temple. So they stopped on each step and sang their psalm before they took the next step towards God. So however you view them, these are for us today, believing in Jesus Christ. Psalm 120 begins with a moment of repentance. If you want to open it up there, it says, I called on the Lord in my distress and he answered me. Save me, O God, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. And in a sense, the people were stopping and saying, goes on to say, this is where I've been living. This is the culture I've been living in. And at the same time, they're, they're, they are saying, it's become a part of who I am and I'm leaving that behind to go on this journey towards God again and remembering who I really am in God. And I would guess for any of us sitting here this morning, we would all pretty not much know what comes against us the most. If Satan really wanted to take you out, what would he try and do? Lie to you. And we would take that lie on would be the thing that God would least want us to do. It's the most deactivating thing that can happen to a Christian that they end up believing the lies of the enemy about themselves, about what God's doing. It minimizes who we are. And so I wondered if we could take a moment this morning, just very, very quietly. There might be a, a lie that you feel like God has said to you. Uh, sorry, that Satan has said to you that God wants to take away um, in this moment, or a lie that you have participated in. So I think it's a really brave thing when we say, Lord, we've, we've said something or done something that really wasn't entirely true. Didn't really, if you, anything that doesn't reflect God's heart for someone else is actually participating in a lie. And so I thought we could take a moment this morning just to check our hearts and repent. To say, Lord, anytime that I have taken on a lie, any way that I've participated in communicating to someone else something that really isn't who, how you see them, please forgive me for that. Help me to walk in your truth, who I am, who you are, how you see other people. Shall we just do that for a moment? I'll start and I'll finish our time. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Father, we have taken on the lies of our culture, lies of the enemy. They've minimized who we are. And we haven't seen your wonderful people, your creation even, as you meant us to. And we're so sorry, Lord. Forgive us, Father. We come with our private repentance to you now. Our own words to say we're sorry, Lord.
Lord, we thank you that you are a God of mercy, that you have forgiven us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to walk in your truth, the truth of who you are, the truth of who we are, and the truth of who you have created others to be, and your longing that we would love your creation and steward it well. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I wonder if we could go to, there's a slide that just looks at a bit of an overview. And if you have a phone and you want to take a photo or you want to write the, some notes down and say, um, here are some things that I could think about if you need me to step out of the way. Yes, I'm going to do that. So it just is the things that we're going to look at in the different songs of ascent. I think it's a gift to us, isn't it, from the Holy Spirit that we have these scriptures that can, words in them can just jump out to us in a particular time. They've had meaning for generations and generations and then it can have a very, very personal meaning. And I have prayed that you will find as we read some of the words in each of these psalms, I'm not going to read all of them to you, but as I give you this arc of the things that you might consider on your journey, are these not the things that we would need for our life journey? To remember to come and say sorry to God, to remember that he provides for us, that there's worship that we can experience where we lift his name up, that he longs for us to be more about ourselves and for other people as well, to find joy in him, to work with purpose in a way that we experience the blessings of the Lord, that we can persevere. It's one of the things that really is starting to become fragile is perseverance and hope, don't you think? That we could be people who would persevere and carry hope with humility for community. Wow. Wow. That would be just so I would long people to, to see through my life and I know that you long it, long for your life to look the same as well. So let's look at 121. And this is the, the psalm that we'll come back to and read at the end and just rest here again. Psalm 121 is about God's help. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. And I believe today there are people here who need to hear these words. You've asked the question, where does my help come from? Who's going to help me? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In Psalm 122, we see these words of worship. I rejoice with those who said, let's go up to the house of the Lord. In this season, let us as a community of faith worship and encourage each other with those sounds of worship. When you come together here, that's a really precious part of your weekly journey because as much as we sing to God, we sing to each other. And I don't know about you, but I certainly find times when I'm with my church family that there's a type of encouragement that comes when I hear you singing, when your faith is so real to me 
that I remember, oh my gosh, I'm not actually doing this alone. There are other people who are loving and serving the Lord during the week and they've come here and they're lifting God's name high. And it's just so precious to me, that collected family worship together. It helps me and I hope it helps you to remember the journey and the direction that we're moving always moving towards Jesus, knowing that he's beside us, in us, with the Holy Spirit around us, and uh, reminding each other of that. And you know, it's really lovely. We don't often get um, feedback about that from other people necessarily, but I feel like God want, gave me this experience to encourage you that you're the same. So we went last weekend across to Geelong to spend some time with the Vineyard family there, and we thought we'd get the ferry across, so we took our car and went on the ferry across, which was lots of fun. And I'm standing, just I just love looking out at the water. And then I feel this dog at my legs, and I'm like, oh! And then the owner came up and said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. And I was like, that's fine. And so she, like, introduced me. This is Mabel. She was Jude. <laughs> and, uh, and then she just stopped, and she said, I... Oh, there's such a lightness about you. There's light in you. And so we got chatting about her life, about our life. We shared about God and what he's doing. And she shared about her life and trying to figure out a purposeful meaning um, as she's kind of coming close to retirement age. And it was really precious. I just thought, oh my gosh, what a beautiful reminder that we don't know it, but we carry a light and she was so beautiful. She said, I feel so drawn to you and your husband, because Bill came over and chatted. She said, I'm going to my holiday house at Queenscliff. Would you stay with me? I have a bungalow. I would love to spend more time with you. And I just thought, wow, isn't that beautiful? And just the hospitality and the longing to say that Jesus, really what she was saying is, I don't know to call it Jesus yet, but you're carrying Jesus and I'd like more of that. And so we're, it was just a beautiful, beautiful reminder. So don't ever forget that you are carrying this wonderful light that other people actually can see. They might not know what to call it exactly, but um, it's precious, it's a precious gift. And as we come together and we worship, we remind each other of that, right? That's part of what we do together. Psalm 123. Whatever your work is in your day, give it as a service to God. I lift my eyes to you, God, to your throne in heaven. And I would just say our workplace or what we do and experience in the day, uh, there's a lot of the hours that we spend doing that sort of thing wherever it is, whether it's voluntarily. You know, we can be surrounded by people who um, can make us feel very differently to who we are. And I just felt to say to you today, if you are surrounded by people who, make, who are arrogant or make you feel small, or if you feel like your work is going nowhere, then I felt the Lord wanted to say to you that he sees your service and he sees the way you do your work. And that is very, very important to him. And if we could carry that attitude in our hearts that the work that we do is actually for God, 
then it may change how we feel about how people are responding to us. Sure, we need, always need to get feedback and always be learning and doing new things. I had a moment nursing where I felt like God said to me, um, I don't really want you to be treating people as patients. I'd like you to think about them as me. So I was working in intensive care at the time and one of the things I realised is when people in bed for a very long time, their feet become calloused. And I felt like God said to me, the thing you could start to do is wash people's feet in bed, intubated. <laughs> and at first my other work colleagues thought it was very strange, but I felt I had something that I could say because I was like, their feet are super calloused and I just think it's a really kind thing to do. So they were like, okay. Anyway, we discovered uh, Lux Flakes take all the calluses off your feet. Can you believe that? How exciting. So I learned something from um, someone who was an older nurse <laughs> at the time. And so I started doing it, but I did it praying as if this person was Jesus. And you know what? It just became such a rich gift of service in my life. Um, the other people I was working with they weren't all Christians but we all started doing it and then um, and then actually we told the relatives who came in and it meant so much to them that we had cared for the feet of the person that they loved and I just thought wow it's there's something it was a thing for me to do I didn't expect it to become a common practice but how about we share those ways that we decided to serve the Lord in our workplace. And I think you'd find it, it would inspire other people to become more of who Christ imagined us to be, that we would see him and every human being somehow that fingerprint of God upon all the people that we seek. Now, when you read through those Psalms, you would have seen that uh, not all the 15 are listed, and that's because some of them have the same theme in them. So... Um, I will refer to that so that you can see that as well. We're going to jump to 126 right now. Psalm 126 is about discovering joy. But it doesn't, it's not a, um, it's not a, come on now folks, let's be joyful. So the words are, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. I just think, how wonderful. Can you imagine walking with someone? I hear that some of the women here walk together on a Tuesday morning. Imagine walking together and the thing that you say to each other is, I know that there are tears for you today. I know you're sowing in tears. And I want to walk with you in that place and acknowledge those tears and say to you that the Lord will come. That's what that's saying. And when the Lord comes, we will, we will have joy together. Isn't that a powerful gift to give each other on the journey? Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the workers work in vain. So friends, unless we are doing it for the Lord, there's not going to be much point in anything we do. Whether it's about church, whether it's about making play equipment for kids, whether it's about doing fashion design, whether it's about 
teaching in a school, whether it's about caring for your grandchildren, if we could bring these things to the Lord, then I know more and more it will be filled just with a sense of his presence and it becomes a sacred thing. Work becomes a sacred thing. This secular, sacred divide was never, ever meant to be there. And these Psalms communicate that. Everything, all of life, all of it, every waking breath, every ordinary thing that you do is for the Lord. And none of it's in vain if you give it to him. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, all who walk in his ways. Another translation says, I wanted to read a couple, sometimes we think of fear as like, oh, do I have to quake every time I come to the Lord? Like, you know, but in some ways, I think we've become a bit too buddy-buddy with the Almighty God and we forget he's almighty. So where it says fear in others' translations, it says reverence or awe. So could I read it again for you with those words there? Blessed are all who fear and have reverence for the Lord and bow low before God to be ready to walk in his ways. What would that mean for you today? Does that define blessing for you? I, I really, you know, sometimes I think um, we focus in on all the good things that the Lord will bring us and we're constantly looking for the good thing and, and it's true, the Lord will bring blessings new every morning. Sometimes we forget the part in the blessing where it calls us to bow low. That the calling is that in this blessing it begins with this incredible reverence of God. So would you consider how will you bow low? How will you get ready to walk in the Lord's ways? Psalm 129 is about perseverance. Those who have oppressed me from my youth have not gained the victory over me. Oh my goodness, wouldn't that be incredible if we could at the end of our days say confidently, no one who has tried to come against what God's doing in me has actually had any victory over me. Hope, 130. With you, God, there is forgiveness. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. And our word, well, definitely needs hope. And you can find it in the word of God. And I would encourage you to start writing scriptures out and giving them to each other. I know some of you have already done that, and maybe that's something that could be a practical part of your journey to give hope to each other from the promises in Scripture. It's been a real witness to me, a friend of ours who has, was diagnosed with brain tumour recently, and while we've been here, she's had to have surgery to have it removed. And in the days she was waiting for surgery each day, she put on Facebook a promise from the Scripture from God. 
And I just thought, what a witness, that in the face of something that huge and not knowing whether she would live or die or be there for her little children in a week's time, she simply wrote the promises of God. The surgery has gone very well. She's back at home with her family. 131, humility. My heart is not proud. I have stilled my soul like a child. And I know um, some of you who are mums will know in some of the translations it says like a wean child. So it means we're not always demanding for food. It's really interesting, having been a midwife as well, now when I pick up a baby and the baby's hungry, I say, oh, your bar's closed, sorry, hun. And, you know, and it's like settling a child when they're not, they're just settled. They don't have to wrestle for anything. They're not constantly feeling needy. They just want to be in your arms. It's so beautiful, isn't it? And that's how the Lord can help us to be when we seek humility in him. And 133 is community. How good it is, friends, when we as brothers and sisters live in together in unity. And that's something we can long for and pray for together. So I believe that this is the journey the Lord is taking you on as a community. And it's just a privilege to bring those psalms to you and say, here are some things that I see the Lord already doing in you. I see these are the things that of who you are. You have an incredible collective hospitality, which is so beautiful, and I want to thank you for that. As part of the body of Christ, as part of the bigger vineyard, as a part of the bigger, wider church of God, you are definitely needed and significant. The flavour you have here is really, really important. And so I just wanted to come back to this psalm and ask us one to one, if you would, in a moment, just turn to the person next to you and you would pray and ask God to be your help in this week and as you journey towards Resurrection Sunday, Good Friday, the forgiveness and love of our Lord Jesus expressed in a way that is so important in the rhythm of our lives as Christians. So let me read this over you. We lift our eyes... We lift them to you, our help. We recognise, Lord God, our help comes from you. You are the maker of heaven and earth. Your God will not let your foot slip. Your God is not asleep. He is watching over you. Your God watches over you. He will be with you to shade you at your right hand. What feels as hot as the sun burning against you right now will not harm you. The Lord will keep you. He is keeping you and will continue to keep you. He's watching over your life. He's watching over you as you come and go and he will do it for every day. Amen. So would you like to just turn to the person next to you and just pray with them that the Lord would be their help 
and there might be something specific where they would like the Lord to come and help them this week. But um, let's take the next little while to do that. <laughs>